0: You're listening to Black Neon Digital podcast, episode 39, The More The Merrier, exploring the biggest challenges and opportunities for fashion's rental revolution with the founders of Lonehood, New and On Loan. I'm your host, Jody muter hamilton the founder of Black Neon Digital. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sadly, last year, our hope of seeing fashion rental become mainstream was crushed by the pandemic. After all, we need somewhere to wear our newly rented outfits, but what has not changed is the potential of rental. Post-pandemic, we will have lots of places to go and people to see, and we will want to reflect how we feel as we emerge into the world. This is where rental has a real opportunity to flourish. It can offer new without being costly. It can give us fun, short-term wardrobe options without leaving us feel guilty about contributing to social or environmental issues. Something that I feel is necessary to further action towards a more sustainable fashion industry is to collectively and openly discuss ideas, challenges and solutions. I feel a key part of our role at Black Neon Digital is to create a space that cultivates ideas, relationships and movements. For our latest podcast, we invited the founders of three incredible rental businesses, Lonehood, New and On Loan, to come together to discuss where the rental market is heading and also what's their business's role within this change. After all, fashion rental is about sharing, so let's share our struggles and hopes too. Join me today as I talk to Jade McSawley, co founder of Lonehood, Ashlyn Byrne, founder of New, and Tamsin Chislett, co founder of On Loan, to explore the biggest challenges and opportunities for fashion's rental revolution. ladies so nice to see you all here together kind of technically in one room but we're all probably across the world know you're um ashling in ireland and we've probably got east london of jade yes. is here at the minute yes. and samson where are you today
1: dalston so probably just around the corner <laughs>
0: Okay, <laughs> so you could hang out after this yeah that's nice <laughs> no, that is- um, socially distanced yeah <laughs> um what i wanted to do with this podcast is basically get everyone together and kind of use it as a bit more of a i guess working group in a sense to really look at what the industry is doing in the in the rental side of things and to start thinking about where it might need to move to perhaps because you know it's it's been difficult i'm sure for you guys being um you know pushing the the lonehold loneal um not loanhood, because that's just yours, pushing the the rental message out there, as it were. And also like, you know, trying to navigate who your um, users are as well comes back down to who you're trying to target, connect with and ultimately speak to. And yes, yeah, so I just wanted to use this as a little way to get us together and talk a bit more about the the future, I guess, of um, the rental revolution. So um, would you like to just give a little uh, overview of who you are and what your platform's called? And currently, if you can tell me if you have just a platform only or you have an app and is it peer to peer or is it different to that? So um, Ashling, I'm gonna let you go first, if that's okay. Great, I'm Aisling from New. We have an app, which is a social network to be able
2: to share and swap your clothes with members of a like-minded community. So How New Works is a membership basis. Everyone pays a flat membership of 7 99 per month everyone contributes pieces to the platform to either lend short term or permanently swap with other members on the platform. And once you're a member, you can borrow or swap with each other at no additional cost. So we really target the demographic who's very heavily involved with fast fashion. And we're trying to move that demographic away from Constantly buying um, outfits to kind of wear once or twice, and then and then them really never having much of a life. So we we tend to target around the Gen Z generation um, and up to generally the age of thirty five, and we find a huge mix of um, high street and mid market brands on the platform as well.
0: Fantastic, thanks so much, um, Jade. Would you like to go next? Yes. So
3: I'm Jade, I'm one of the founders of Lonehood. I guess we're probably one of the newest kind of to the rental revolution space, even though we've been trying to build our kind of community for a while now, we're, we're currently building an app, which will be a peer-to-peer fashion rental platform. Um, we probably target a similar kind of um, demographic as Ashling. Um but we're looking at more rental rather than swapping, and we're trying to kind of make it as inclusive as possible. So at the moment, rental is kind of at a kind of a higher price bracket, and we're trying to find ways of trying to lower that. So fast fashion pieces can be involved within rental. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking to explore that in the app going forward.
0: Makes sense. Thank you, Tamsin.
1: So I'm Tamzin. I'm co-founder of On Loan. Um, we are a fashion rental subscription service. So our customers pay a monthly fee to rent items from us. We're a little bit different from the other offerings in the UK in that we work directly with fashion brands. So we're not peer-to-peer. We work with brands and either purchase from them wholesale or we work with their past season stock on consignment. And we're really focused on trying to bring the fashion industry along and into the rental revolution. So providing a way for um, brands to get involved and also make money from rental to switch them away from making money just from retail. Um, our target customer is maybe a little bit older. So average age is sort of 33. We have customers um, in their 30s through 40s, all the way up to 60s. And, um, and she tends to be time poor, um, wants a very low hassle way of um, shopping more sustainably. And so our job is to make it as slick and as easy as possible for her to switch to renting.
0: Okay, thank you so much, everyone. Um, how did you come to the conclusion that rental is the way forward for you specifically? Um, I'll hand that over to whoever wants to go for it, really. But, yeah, why was it rental that kind of you thought, this is where we're going to make our impact in, you know, the sustainable journey?
3: I guess I saw rental as a solution, um, Many from working within fashion for a long time and I was modeling within the fashion industry and I was working for a lot of high street brands um, and a lot of e-commerce and I was just kind of seeing the amount of clothes that was being produced and being out there and I I couldn't see a way for that to kind of change and when we talk about sustainable fashion you know you you say well the only way to be sustainable is if we stop shopping which is not going to happen so I could see that how much stuff we had and, and looking around me and seeing all my friends that had amazing stuff that like I wanted to wear so it kind of just seemed to kind of evolve from that and it just seemed to be the the sensible thing that why don't we now open our wardrobes that are bulging and start sharing them amongst each other um in a way to kind of keep that fashion fix going but not been detrimental um to the environment and it was it just seemed to be the clever choice to be the most sustainable way that you could be um when you were shopping so rental was the new way to
0: shop Mm -hmm. what about you townsend
1: i think similar in that we were looking at problems in the fashion industry and um it's obvious, I think, to everyone who works in fashion that the biggest problem is overproduction and overconsumption. You know, No amount of sustainably produced lines is going to change the fact that we just produce and consume too much stuff. And so then we started looking around for models where you could get more utilisation out of single garments and, and rentals, the obvious answer to that. And I think I'd just add that we also looked at the US being so far ahead in terms of having quite a few different rental options for different parts of the market and really started asking ourselves why it hadn't happened in the UK yet. And On Loan started sort of permeating two years ago. So in the last two years, the UK has really sorted that out and there's now a plethora of options and it's been really exciting to see. Um, But for us, it was just this feeling that we, the UK has been such a pioneer in fashion for so long and, um, you know, has such an exciting fashion history and yet We weren't taking the lead with how to do fashion differently in a way that could be sustainable in the future. Um, So we wanted to catch up.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. How do do you feel, I'll send this to Aisling, but how do you feel now, the fact that in a sense, we're all sat here and we are um, owners of a tech platform rather than the fashion brand? Because I think that picks up on, you know, we've really pushed forward in that space as women. So yeah, Aisling, as a tech founder, how are you feeling today? (laughs) (laughs) Feeling okay today, all
2: things considered. Um, I think it's we realized very early on from, I guess, our own experience founding new, it was very much cemented in this just catastrophic illustration of seeing Rana Plaza, what was going on behind making our clothes, the fixing fashion report by the environmental audit committee in the UK. And this understanding that clothes in order to be made in a sustainable way and within the, you know, um, not exploiting people and kind of within the, the, boundaries of our our planet they had to be made expensively you know people need to be paid for the work that they're doing and um on the other side what we really saw was okay well if that's the case and there's really no other option for fashion because otherwise we are exploiting people then we need to understand how we share the cost to keep fashion accessible to people and not to kind of keep them cut out of any more of a sustainable loop And for us, I'm not from a design background. um, I was always interested in fashion and interested in art, but I didn't go down the fashion route. And so I guess I saw the problems in fashion from very much a consumer or like a user perspective. And it was our understanding that we didn't actually have any um, impact on the design process of pieces, but we could have an impact on the use phase. And that to us really was sharing our clothes, as Tamsin and Jade have said, using what's already in circulation and ensuring that that overproduction doesn't need to happen at the very start of the chain. And really technology, although we build these tech platforms, they're just facilitating a movement of communities and a real connection of all the different people with these resources already essentially in their wardrobes. And so, I guess on paper, we are tech founders, but it's more that technology is the way that we can facilitate the recirculation of these pieces. And it's the people behind that technology that really makes the change. And I think starting to look at the fashion supply chain and from start to finish, not just when it gets to the shop floor and then it leaves the shop and goes to the customer, and then there's really a huge disconnect between the start and the end of that piece's life using technology just to to create more of a circle and really connect the life of that piece as it starts, as it gets used and as it kind of goes on to maybe it's secondary life or if it can be recycled. Um, So I think technology has just allowed us to start solving these problems in a way that if you can't connect consumers or citizens to fashion brands as easily then I don't think we'd really be solving this problem
0: what you said there Ashlyn was actually something made me tick then I thought you know what actually we put quite a lot of onus on um tech and being or me particularly as well because I've kind of worked in it for a while and being a tech founder is like a thing not like a, a I guess it's sort of a what's the right word um a buzzword? <laughs> I don't know, maybe you're yeah, like being a tech founder like or oh, you're a you know, you're a tech founder that's great it's you know oof, women in tech and mm-hmm. it's like really pushed on because also I think when you say tech it means investment do you know what I mean and actually what we're now thinking about a bit more is like actually where is the true value and the true value comes from what you hit on actually which was actually community and what you're all building here independently is a community and you're facilitating that community And the reason why you can all be successful as competitors is because you're operating within a slightly different community. And even if they overlap, actually, that's quite beneficial to all of you, you know. So I think maybe the question is more around like moving on from being a tech founder to being a community builder. And I think that's something that's quite um, pertinent to the to rental, really. Um, Jade, how I mean, when you basically started Lonehood um with the other girls you straight off started like events and kind of building that community which thank you for inviting me to one of your lovely events that was nice um <laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> can you describe why that was important to you straight off well I guess it, like you know
3: that when you're talking about community that was the first and foremost kind of part of what we were trying to achieve we we're trying to achieve a community of of like-minded people that kind of really wanted to change the industry um mainly from within actually because most of the people that we knew and talked to they were working within the fashion industry and they just didn't know what to do how how to go about it how to make that change so we kind of wanted to bring everybody together so we could kind of discuss and talk and chat about Okay, well, these are the problems. What how can we do to solve it? Um, so that was really, yeah, the most important thing. And I think, you know, going off the back of, you know, when we're talking about technology, I think technology, fashion is often is they're quite scared of technology within the fashion industry. Um, they think it's very separate to industries that have really kind of always seems quite polar opposite. And but I think it's it's not it's not tech that's a problem, it's just how you use it as a tool. Um, and it has so many different ways and s- strengths to it that I think it's just applying it to, okay, what do you need it for? And how can you control it in a way that's going to benefit you? And I think, you know, it, as you said, like, technology is a great way to, to build that community, especially now with, you know, COVID. I mean, without technology, We wouldn't be able to communicate. We wouldn't be able to do this podcast. So, I think we're really taking ownership of technology, and I think the fashion industry is starting to see the benefits of that use and how we can be more creative and be more open and um, be more connected. And um, and yeah, and I think that's kind of why rental and technology for for rental in particular is like kind of the perfect combination.
0: How how have you found so like rental was, you know, sort of deemed as the the jewel in the crown of the sustainability kind of new conversation because it tackles it from a different way, in the sense we do we know that we've got lots of products that need to go back in circulation in some way because brands necessarily aren't going to stop making them um, but how do you think since COVID that has changed and progressed because actually do we now not have an occasion to wear these clothes to are we still sharing I don't know because I you know I don't know from the back end what you're experiencing but I'd really like to know about how how that's impacted you or um, Tamsin if you want to go go on that first Sure. So the
1: question is how COVID affected us and whether it's changed the conversation around sustainability?
0: More around, has it changed rental specifically? Because um, a lot of rental seems to be pushed towards more occasion wear or that fancy dress that you're never going to really wear again or the the crazy yeah. shoes that you might break your ankle in. But for one night, it's kind of all right. So um, yes, yeah, so yeah. how has it changed your what's happening behind the scenes, really? Yeah,
1: so I mean, lockdown hit us hard, like it did every business at first. Um, we we were sort of flying up to February and on for a really bumper 2020 and excited, and it felt like rental everywhere was just buzzing. And then lockdown hit and um, we did see a lot of people pause their subscriptions as you'd expect. I think we, in the end we bottomed out about 50% of our subscribers stayed with us, which frankly, was far more than I thought we we're going to in those early weeks of March when it was all very chaotic. And and um, we, we're really lucky because we haven't ever focused on occasion wear. So we've always been much broadly about what we call elevated day wear. We're quite radical in the way that we think about rental. Um, radical to the average person, not radical to this group, if I suspect you'll agree with me, which is that um, you know we really believe that you should rent 95% of your wardrobe. Like there's very, you you know, you have your basics that you love and you wear to death and you invest in those pieces. But frankly, anything that you wear that you're not going to love forever, um, we think you should rent. And um, and so that might be a coat for a season. Or it could be a, a summer dress for, for a three-week holiday. Um, or it could be the you know the party dress for the one wedding that you're going to. It doesn't have to be a single occasion. It's just anything temporary. And so we've always had stock with that in mind. And so that helped us an awful lot during lockdown because um, I think in the first few weeks of lockdown, every single piece of knitwear we had went out of the building because everyone was like, right, I need comfort and coziness um, to feel better at home. And then two weeks later, it was every single... Um, you know, embellished collar top as everyone realized they were going to be seen from sort of um, shoulders upwards. And then after Mm, that, we actually saw all of our really fun most flamboyant, slightly ridiculous pieces being rented. And we asked our customers what they were doing and what social life they had that we didn't realize was going on. And and they told us actually they were just back to really enjoying dressing for themselves, dressing for pleasure rather than for status or for anyone else. And... um, And, you know, no one should be facilitating that through fast fashion. And so it was wonderful to be able to kind of facilitate that dressing for joy um, thing whilst people were still maybe not leaving the house so much, but do it through rental instead.
0: Yeah, um, I think what's been really nice to see as well is how we have changed our habits. And I'd love to, you know, my mind's racing here about could we sort of chart what types of clothing have gone through your three platforms, so we can see how COVID's affected the choice? I think that would be fascinating, actually. Um, and I also feel that you know, when when we emerge from this, whenever the hell that is going to be, you know, there'll probably be a spike again in you know those more flamboyant things. So it'd be good to kind of progress, uh, check that progress, and see how we can yeah chart if that actually happens which brings me on to a good question actually um how can you understand what's going to be the most rented item and how can you ensure that you have the supply of that item because ultimately i'm guessing you probably making money off how frequently it can be rented and like having the supply to meet the demand right so h- how can you do that um tamsin do you want to go first because i kind of feel like you know it, that's what we we're yeah, just talking it's, it's about me- Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a
1: huge part of our business because we um, acquire either through purchase or consignment, the stock ourselves, a big part of the business is predicting it will be successful. The way we think about this is actually to move away from hype on loan as a brand really doesn't buy into kind of hype pieces. We're not there to have the latest trend piece that will be all over your Instagram for a week and then everyone will have worn it and it'll disappear. Actually, we really believe in really, really great quality clothes and bringing those to a customer. So it it takes the pressure off slightly having that dress because what we instead want is the fantastic dress the customer didn't realize that they needed. We have some amazing brands that definitely pull in customer names. So we work with shrimps and Stina Goya and Joseph. And I think brands, lots of people have always wanted to wear but maybe it's at a price point that's not very accessible. Um, But in terms of the actual pieces, You know, one of the reasons I think lots of people love rental is because you can try something you might not otherwise try. It's a low pressure, low commitment way of wearing something. And so we kind of take that a step further and try and introduce items and designers to customers that they may not have even known that they are going to love and then really enjoy it when they absolutely love them.
0: Yeah, thank you. Ashley, what would you say are the main barriers to people's perceptions about renting? So, you know, the usual ones are, um, do we have to wash it? Do they get dry cleaned? What's the care? Um, Particularly if we're talking about pieces that are maybe not luxury, but they're um, your cheaper ones that, you, you know, you're trying to facilitate as well. What What are people's main concerns in this, Ashley?
2: Yeah, I think there's the natural ones just around what happens if something is damaged? um, How do I take care of the cleaning? What kind of onus is on me? And I think for the more high street pieces as well, a lot of our members would prefer to opt for pieces that they could wash themselves rather than ones that would have to go to dry cleaning just because that's an extra expense for um, some of our younger users who just, that wouldn't really be in their budget. But I think an interesting one about, you know, sharing economy, rent and economy is just um, the kind of social, I guess, uh, what would you call it? Proof? Social proof? Is that the correct word? That like, just that you know other people are doing it. I think it's showing that other people have done this is just builds that trust organically and naturally. So, so much of the um, feedback we've got from our members and I think as Tamsin was saying one of the great things about having these communities is when you see a really interesting behavior because they're a member you can just kind of pick up the phone and be like hey why did you do that (laughs) they're more than happy to just tell you all about it and so many of our members have fed back and said you know I've looked at this for ages I've been favoriting all of these pieces I really like the concept It just took me a while to do it. And a lot of it was because they just didn't know if anybody else was. And so we learned very early on that just creating these platforms in a more social way, you know, getting that kind of press behind you is really helpful and just showing that this isn't, um, you know, a new concept. We've been doing it for years. We've been sharing with friends. We've been sharing with family. We're just transferring that kind of behavior online and there's a couple of rules that come behind that but once they're I guess shown to the community they become really comfortable with it so I think the barrier that we've seen is the fact that it's not always brands that are leading it it's almost like the community has to lead this because they're the people who are actually instigating this new behavior and they're the ones who are going to make it work or not work so you're kind of um, you're having them at the forefront of this innovation rather than it coming directly from the fashion industry. So it's both interesting and I think really empowering for people who are getting involved in the movement because you can see that change in members when they realize that they've done it, they've really enjoyed it and they are actually the people who then pass this on to their friends and really spread the word. And I think even we've been chatting quite a lot about the fact that there are so many different rental models there is so much fast fashion. There are so many brands. There's so much overproduction. If you hear that someone's rented and then you think, oh, I actually enjoy swapping, it's that you're getting this social proof from so many different touch points that it's really helpful for the industry overall, that this kind of access over ownership is coming more to the forefront, I think, more, more so than anything else, because it's going to take so much for us to really take on a fashion industry that is becoming um very polluting so it's just it's really interesting to see see those barriers and how they're tackled from a community perspective
0: so i guess in a sense you see yourself as more more of a facilitator of this you know, the dialogue and the community and the sharing than actually trying to position or sell or market anything. You know what I mean? You're just enabling and helping people to to share and swap really at the end of the day, aren't you? Yeah. And what I you're gonna say oh sorry. <laughs> I I can just
2: touch on this um I think especially for new um a bit kind of different to online because you guys would work more with brands, we do see ourselves Very much like a social network. If you look at Instagram or you look at Facebook, they just don't exist without the community. And I think how we operate so heavily on peer to peer, that is really how we see new. It's great that we can build amazing tech, that we can facilitate all of this, but actually it just doesn't exist. And the shared wardrobe doesn't exist without being built by our community. So that's been, I think, quite an interesting learning for us.
3: If somebody comes to us and they're really hesitant about, you know, renting clothes and they have them kind of same worries. You know, we do have to ask them, we're like, OK, well, did you share somebody's bed the other day when you were went on the air and B&B, you know, and you stayed at somebody's house and you were in somebody's house and sleeping in their bed? Did you do that? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's like people just don't make the connection between that type of rental or that type of sharing economy to fashion. I don't know.
0: how. How do you feel that that conversation around ownership has changed, and is rental driving the com well, stupid answer, so hang on, let me. Um, <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel that conversation now has changed around ownership? i I think people's
1: attitude to ownership is changing. I do think you'll have people who will always love. Opening their wardrobe and being able to see physically the things that they own and that being important to them. Um, but I think you'll start to see that becoming the minority, and majority of people will um, will get much more comfortable with not having a wardrobe stuff full of clothes, and in fact maybe feel a bit icky about it. Just in the same way that we've seen ownership shift around, um, you know, cars, and we're starting to see it around all sorts of household goods as well. Um, I think it's it's exciting that a customer can now invest in a piece and you know make money from it from peer to peer rental and then eventually sell it on. But I also think for the vast majority of customers, we forget like lots of people just don't have time for that. And so, what's exciting to me about the the huge array of rental models out there, and even within this podcast, is um, you know you've got you've got different options for people who have different ways of engaging with with rental and have different attitudes to ownership and what's important to them and. Um, I think that makes me very optimistic for the future.
0: I think the question as well, to me, I'm like starting to think about finances a lot more. Um, and it's like, you know, back in the day, as a, as a young person, it was like, right, what can I invest in? And it was having something that was high value that I could resell. And I think now maybe, you know, we've grown up a little bit and perhaps we, well, I'm hoping well, personally to encourage a bit more financial literacy um, through these podcasts and things that we're working on. Um, but now we can invest in other things or we we start to look at what is important to invest in or not, whether that's our health or a house or not, or, you know, whatever. Um, what I'd like to do now is just open up so you three can question each other if you'd like to. Um so yeah, Ashlyn, have you got a question that you'd like to present first? Um,
2: yeah, probably. Actually, both both of you guys really. Um, maybe just for Tamsin, because you guys were on, you know, a, a trajectory of having launched and everything just before COVID. I guess for us we had to take stock of what we thought the world was going to be quite early on and then look at what's going to underpin our business model going forward and what what is people's fashion needs going to be in the future and where do we think that that's going and do we think that they will change drastically is that something that you tackled with on loan or do you feel like actually your model at the minute can kind of transcend the changes in society or do you feel because you had more casual pieces on the platform initially
1: yeah I mean we definitely did a lot of the the sort of taking stock and trying to figure stuff out I imagine same time you did we we should have been chatting then as well um (laughs) (laughs) um you know we we placed we placed orders as part of the wholesale cycle so we were we placed orders in Paris in February um we kind of knew that there was a pandemic at the time people knew and Paris was starting to get a little bit funny but it was it was Milan where things really kicked off and and it's mad those orders arrived at our warehouse in August and so we have these orders that we placed before a pandemic happened and then they arrived afterwards and it just felt so bonkers, the whole situation. Um, But we had a lot of um, conversations with brands very quickly. We partnered with about 25 different brands. So we spoke to all of them in the first few weeks and to find out how they were doing. And, you know, they were all facing such a terrible time with big retailers canceling lots of orders and um, payments not coming through when they should have been, people running on deposits, just such a mess. And so we we stuck by every order that we had and paid it in full. And that was, I remember the day sat at this table paying every single invoice going, we are going to do this if it, if it kills us because it, we couldn't listen ourselves as a partner to the brands and then not do that. Um, Having said that, we definitely bought some stuff in that delivery, which is two workwear for 2020. You know, we've really got some amazing so trousers so and they are not going to yeah. leave the
2: building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're I mean, like, oh, these the like, so blazers. Watch would and want the blazers oh, yeah. yeah, nobody's going
1: into an office. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we have this one one wonderful suit, which is a fur furtgarten suit, which is elasticated waist and a really slouchy blazer. And that's actually done really well, just for people looking flamboyant mm. at home, but we definitely have some stock that will um, that will not see the light of day probably in 2020. But again, that's what's nice about rental, right? So we, we believe that optimistically that the world will sort itself out in some way or another. And a lot of what we purchased will have value at a different time. And it was actually lovely to explain that to our brands who are facing kind of the loss of a season with their retail partners. And for us to say, no, no, we we'll still like to buy it. And we believe we can make really great value from it at a later point. Um you know, we are we now we are now buying slightly differently. So we're really we've um you know not but bought much occasion wear at all. We're buying a lot more elasticated waistbands because everyone wants to feel comfy. Um we're also buying a lot of print and colour and like really fun stuff because that was the other big thing over lockdown. After everyone had sort of been in sweatpants for 10 weeks, we saw a lot of people yeah. come to us and want something just a lot more exciting. So Long story short, yes, we have adjusted what we're purchasing, but, but one of the nicest things for me was explaining to the brands that actually rental has a very long time horizon. It's not about one season, do or die. Um, and that was, yeah, it's just a nice moment.
2: I think that's really good. That's something that we've noticed as well. Um, it's that as a kind of access over ownership model, you can transcend trends in a different way to very fixed seasonal brands as a platform we can push things that you know potentially are seen as last season somewhere else into just extending that life cycle and watching the stories that it carries with it rather than just focusing on what moment in time that looks at from a fashion industry and one thing that we had from feedback from our members as well was it was nice to have the option of sharing or swapping on new and then various different rental platforms because of how under pressure they felt online to buy out of boredom so just going on and seeing countless you know fashion brands just trying to target you to buy 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 and then you had this different option where you could still get a fix that made you feel a bit human a bit like you could enjoy fashion again (laughs) a bit you know happy to have a bit of post arrive but not not be kind of going into that hole of just buying things for the sake of it and getting that retail rush and then and then letting it go again so yeah it's been uh it's been interesting I think but I feel like the models that all of us have created allow for some sort of flexibility at the start of course we just thought everything was over like this the end but (laughs) but then as you start to to get through the weeks you actually realize that there's such a flexibility in what you do because you're led with a community you can just kind of change with them
0: I think as well, like something you hit on, there's the joy, the joy back in fashion, the joy back in dressing and, you know, trying and testing and wearing stuff and experimenting. Like, you know, as we look back through our wardrobes, like what makes us happy and and what doesn't, and what can we pass on to someone to make them happy, you know? Um, yeah, I just wondered if you wanna, wanted to talk a bit about that, anyone? Jade, because I know you're very... Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of joy within you as three founders as well, you know. Um, but
3: I guess that's what we're, we're taking
0: our time to try and, and kind of
3: learn how the, the rental movement is, is evolving. Because essentially, what we want to do is make it the kind of the, the go to way to shop. It's just something that comes as kind of your second nature. I feel like at the moment, it's either shopping is this buying new and rental is this where I feel like actually rental could become something that is just the norm and the, the, what we would do normally and it's just trying to draw out okay how can we how, how can we bring that kind of joy of fashion back into into rental? And so we're looking at ways of like renting an entire outfit rather than just an item of clothing. So, you know, that our users can be experimental and then they can be creative and show off their personal style rather than keeping up with a certain trend or a certain item of clothing that's in trend that season. So we're looking at all these types of options, which is I feel like is still quite you know, new to the rental market. So it will be interesting to see how, when the app is up and running, how people grasp onto that. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the aspect and kind of seeing people being really creative again and loving fashion and just showing their personality through what they wear. Yeah,
0: uh, me too. Um, Does anyone else want to ask anyone else a question? I'd love to know
1: a bit more about your customers and what's driving them to rent and and in particular how big a um, factor sustainability is versus other factors and whether you uh, and because of that whether you feel like we should all be dialing it up or being more reserved about the sustainability message. Uh,
3: At the moment for us sustainability is huge I think that's a kind of common thread that draws everybody in They're kind of we feel like they're the innovators are the people that want to make a change. And that's why they're researching and exploring these options. Um, although we, we we would like to kind of branch it out to people that probably wouldn't think of, you know, renting or, or, you know, think about sustainability, but again, rental is just something that they want to do. I think that's when it's really going to kind of grow and the movement is really going to kick off. Um, but at the minute i would say that ours is is yeah very sustainable fashion focused which is nice which is really good because you know you kind of have people that are really behind the idea and they're really really pushing it and then they want to talk to their friends about it and i think that passion there is um something that really really fuels what we're all trying to do
2: i would say as a split in our members between people who are very aware of sustainability and the level of pollution that fashion causes, and then people who really have no concept of what is behind fashion. And I think the extent that they may have understood sustainability would be through a lot of greenwashing for sustain um, from fast, faster fashion brands. And we, I guess, see one group of members as activists and one group of members as they're so in the fast fashion mindset that Sharing or swapping is just a, a better way of actually accessing all of these pieces. And so, what we almost are looking at doing is kind of driving those different members through almost different funnels from a tech perspective, introducing them to new and different ways. That that takes a bit of A/B testing on the tech side, which is something that we really do want to work on. But I think it'll be really interesting to see: can you take someone into the funnel in a way that they may not have known anything? Um, around fashion and sustainability together and oh have we got a oh sorry I'm just looking at the things coming up I'll just dive back into that um we're kind of seeing people come into the funnel who have never really learned about sustainability and they're finding out about it along the way. So when they've borrowed something or when they've swapped something, they're able to then understand their kind of carbon waste and water impact through our calculator. And then on the other side, taking people in who really understand sustainability and trying to have them be the first and initial suppliers as the platform because they have a really, really core, I guess, understanding of what's happening and need to contribute to the solution so it's um it's been quite interesting and I think we tried to go in one direction and we found that we lost some of our best users because we had completely gone down the sustainability route and we found that it's just um it's worked well for us to to remain not judgmental but also really educational through that process and just kind of sit fashion at the forefront of of the platform at all times
3: I think anybody who's like trying to do something in this space is like, you know, it's not easy. Like we're new, so we're just like learning. Like you guys are way ahead of us in the game, but, you know, it's it's kind of gives us hope and gives us things to keep going, you know. So it's really nice you see that your community thriving. And like you said, it's like, you know, there's so many different communities that fit different people. And so I think the more the merrier.
2: oh definitely because in the grand scheme of things it's a very big world that we need to fix
3: well exactly (laughs) you know everyone's style is different so everyone's you know hopefully everyone's way of renting will be different or every you know so I think we just need more and more of this but
0: yeah um yeah I liked something that you said Jade actually about it it being the the first port of call like the go-to so in before we buy something new can we find it rented first anywhere else Um, and I think that's something that's quite exciting if we could kind of think of rental first before buying. If, you know, as a collective of you, you ladies could shift that, that would be absolutely fantastic, really.
3: Sometimes um, I think, like, don't say renting. Sometimes I'm like, I mm-hmm. almost, like, I'm a bit kind of scared of saying, we, you know, rent it. I just kind of want to say just, you know, no, just go out and shop it. But I know it's not that. I know there's, like, it's a different transaction. But sometimes I think you pigeonhole yourself.
0: Have you done any testing around wording and consumer tolerance around words, sustainability or rent or buy or has anyone done that?
2: I think maybe because this new access over ownership and you know sharing economy and rental economy and they're also interlinked and intertwined. I think what's sometimes difficult is that industry and industry reports and Forecasting gloves to box things (laughs) into solid labels and say, like, this is what we understand that it is. And this is how, you know, in quotations, consumers operate. And this is what they want and this is what they need. And I think sometimes when you're trying to create something that is new and there isn't essentially a roadmap for, it's kind of difficult to label exactly what you're doing because you can put it out there and you can try and be as clear as possible but ultimately you start understanding that your members see it differently and their expectation is different to kind of how you're describing it and their experience is different and I think it can be just from our perspective anyway sometimes a little bit frustrating when we want to just say it's like sharing with friends but it's just a little bit more formal but then the industry really wants to put more um more kind of boxes on that so that brands can understand it and they can understand this competitive landscape. And I think, as well, something that's difficult is that sustainab- sustainability needs to be so collaborative. It needs to be a totally different mindset to what we had that really allowed fast fashion in itself to be created. And I think, as Jade was saying earlier, looking at all of these different solutions, if we don't have diverse solutions for sustainability, we're not going to have everyone come on board with this and we're going to leave people behind. And I think it's really important to have very different solutions that touch off smaller and I guess niche, but in the grand scheme of things, you could have millions of users on all of these different platforms. Um, But just understanding that there's space and there's space for collaboration and We can't afford to kind of just do something that's a little bit better and do something that the industry sees that it fits into the industry. We need to kind of be getting it right. And we need to have that really open relationship with our members across the board. And we need to sometimes understand that we can fix so much of the problem, but another business needs to fix another side of it. And that is in itself really great.
0: One of the things that I, so one of my personal little mantras that I have in my mind is um, incremental impact. And it's like, you know, it's very difficult for all of us to do everything all at once in every single day, but you know, it's like chipping away at it. And I just think like, if we're all part of that chipping away, then we should get somewhere.
2: Yeah. It's almost like doing the umbrella of rental it's just too limiting for all of the diverse ideas that sit underneath it. There's, you know, brand collaborations and then rental, then there's subscription, then there's just sharing. Then there's outside of the industry completely, just sharing in households, swapping, going to events. These are all things that are really important in the movement of fashion. And I think the idea that it, it's rental is the next big thing or reselling is the next big thing. There's, there's needs to be a lot of different solutions for fashion to just evolve and to change so it's I think kind of an important conversation to say (laughs) let's not limit ourselves to try and uh, predict what the next big thing will be but just let it evolve sometimes
0: yeah exactly and I think basically if there's nothing that this uh, virus has taught us is to be agile and kind of stick with your community and and you know listen to them and reiterate and all that sort of stuff um just want to say thank you so much to all of you for firstly being open to this conversation because technically you're competitors. So something that I want to try and foster a lot more is collaboration and actually really doing that, not just like, you know, in a, in a loose way, but really help support people to drive that collaborative conversation because I think, you know, we need to do it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so thank you for being open. And secondly, thank you for a lovely discussion. Um, how can how can our listeners reach you where where can they find you um yeah ashley do you want to go first and Tamsin and jade tell us your um websites and instagrams and all that yeah so we're new n-u-w our social media is at
2: we are new and our website is the new wardrobe nuwardrobe.com, and from there you can download the app if you go to the uh google play store ios store it's new nuw so yeah please please do join
0: fantastic tamsin what about you so we're
1: at onloan.co um you can find us on instagram at onloan.co or me on twitter i'm not very good on instagram better on twitter at tamsin chislett
0: thank you jade
3: Uh, Lonehood is lonehood.com. Instagram is at Lonehood. And if you sign up to the newsletter, you'll be first in the know for when the app is going to be launched.
0: Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope you've enjoyed the show. If you could please take the time to subscribe and rate and review the show, that would be fantastic. To continue the conversation, please join us online at blackneondigital.com and our Instagram over at blackneondigital.